0: Hey, everybody, this is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately. Um, thanks especially if you listen to my episode on Colorful, which if I said this on the Sunday episode, um, about uh, underrated versus old, basically, was what the Sunday episode was about, but. If you haven't listened to the colorful episode and you're holding off because you know what colorful is, I would still listen to it because I tell some great old Alex Otaku stories in that episode that are, I think, worth the price of admission of like, oh, colorful. Also, I talk about the kind of anime colorful is in in context to when it was airing on American TV because yes. That pile of something aired on American TV once upon a time. If you did not know, if you don't know what colorful is, that, that's also a fun ride. So, um, go check that out. But this episode, I want to talk about, don't want to call it the elephant in the room, but I want to talk about the Netflix exclusive and Netflix original Yasuke now if you're some way unfamiliar um, at at this point at least Netflix has made a name has made a name for itself in doing something that people at some at when Netflix first started doing it thought was not stupid but un unwise because they thought it would never they thought it would never grow in in, in a way that was sustain a business the way Netflix seemed to want to build and what I'm talking about is Netflix's style of original programming because Netflix is less interested in getting like 60 million viewers on TV and get then getting 100,000 people from all over the world to watch a thing. Because if you get 100,000 people from all over the world, to sign to to want to watch a thing and maybe i don't know 20,000 20, of them aren't signed up for Netflix at the time they'll sign up to Netflix for a show and what that's let led Netflix to do is it's led it to really focus on for for most of its for most of its original programming. Focus on niches, so it has lots of original programs that parrot, sing, that parrot, like former or currently running reality TV shows. The reason they do this is because they want that reality TV show viewer to be like, oh, this is basically the same thing, but on Netflix, I can watch it whenever I want, or I can watch it all at once, instead of, you know, staying up or stay or tuning in at a certain time to catch a certain show or paying for it on demand or whatever. And to that end, they have gone into, they've been in the anime space for a long time now. But something that, something that pervaded all the Netflix shows, like um like like even something like Be the Beginning, which I haven't watched a second season of because it it's it's a fun watch only because the budget is through the roof and I get to watch a budget through the roof show and is that very often and you get some standouts like you get your kakagaroe, which is so off the wall that it couldn't like it just oozed. Um, it just oozed originality and has its own personality and all the uh, all the other alities that go along with being like a a show that has something to say that is saying something that's having some sort of conversation. But oftentimes, in cases like the beginning or cases like seven deadly sins you feel like you're watching you feel like you're watching something that it was designed to be a demonstration of an idea like like like, like a, a de- it, it was it was designed to be like an a, like an action show with is with stakes that you don't need to buy into And what that ends up doing for something like um, Seven Deadly Sins is, by the last season that they put out, you just didn't care anymore. They were doing everything technically right about the show, but you just didn't. It just didn't hit with you. You like you if you were a seasoned anime watcher. Watching it, Seven Deadly Sins kind of past the second season just isn't necessary because it's just it's just being dragged along because it feels it feels like it's straining under its own popularity. And yes, Seven Deadly Sins does play does air on television in Japan, but it. It feels like the kind of show that, it feels in the same way that um, that show Nailed It seems like a send-up, seems almost like a send-up of that show from Food Network's um, Amer- America's Worst Baker. The Seven Deadly Thins feels like a swing and a miss. At the shonen, at creating something for the shonen genre, that um, something like um, Jujutsu Kaisen ended up being. It it feels like it was trying to use the like a shonen genre framing to push it forward, and just and just whiffed it, just whiffed it entirely and uh, maybe i'm old and that's and like i know a lo- i know a lot of people love seven deadly sins to death but watching it it's just like you guys have done all the work you planted the seed you planned all this but i don't care i don't care there's no emotion here and then they do something and then they announce And subsequently do something like Yasuke, where for those for anybody listening doesn't know, there is kind of now infamously there was a black samurai at the very least. I suspect there were probably more than a black samurai, since what it what it means to be a samurai is a lot less glamorous than what it then what popular culture has turned it into. In the same way that ninja that the um what we think of as ninja are derived from kabuki stage hands basically. I the to be a samurai was to be a Would to basically be uh the Japanese version of a knight in Her Majesty's Army or Your Majesty's Army, depending on who you served it was not always this like high fluting thing sometimes you were a skilled person with a sword who defended the Emperor or defended your lord or whatever and if you go if you like push forward in time, you see what ends up happening in the samurai and what e- ends up actually happening to the samurai. is the ones who can't let go or didn't earn a place in the in what was, came to be known as the Meiji government. Either ended up drunk or ended up starting crime families that would become the first iteration of the Yakuza or both. Um, and if you want a, if you want a good, um, or became Hitman, if you want a good, and I, I know he's a piece of shit. I know the author of the piece of shit, which is rotten hell. But if you are looking for a good rendition of what may have happened to a lot of the samurai, there are certain episodes of Ronnie Kenshin that deal with like, The first episode of Roni Kenshin deals with like what happened to these like people who were honorable and committed to a life of that they thought brought meaning and truth to the world, but all of that was encapsulated by war and violence. After all the war and violence was done. Or af- after somebody won it it wasn't them. Or after they won, oftentimes. And the most interesting thing about Yasuke is that it, it's not about... It is both about the first black samurai's like, rise to power under Odu Nobunaga, who... We'll get to Oda Nobunaga in a second. We're going to have to have a conversation about Oda Nobunaga as just a cultural thing in Japan. I promise it'll be cool. I promise. But they did something really interesting in that they make it both about him writhing through the ranks, but also not about him riding through the ranks. Because all of the parts of the show that involve Yasuke coming up t- from being, uh, I believe, a slave traded to Oda Nobunaga and then as a servant and then becoming a samurai are done in flashbacks. And you, And the very first flashback you come into the show on is... The end of Nobunaga as like a as a um, daimyo as a lord as a life, like it, you you come into o- Oda Nobunaga's fi- final moments, and Yasuke is the only one who hasn't abandoned him. And what what you come to find out is that Yasuke showed incredible loy- loyalty to someone who sh- who showed hi- who showed him incredible grace and incredible understanding in not only a time when that wasn't common but in a place where that was like super super uncommon Now I want to talk about Oda Nobunaga as like a cultural figure. For a second, because it's important. It's important to the understanding the flashback side of the. Um, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, spoilers for Yasuke. It's it's six episodes You can watch it in a day. Go watch it if you're interested in watching, and then come back and listen to this. But Oda Nobunaga is kind of long understood to be the The Japanese feudal lord who was like, Yo, but what if we bought guns to a sword fight? Um, that's and he's depicted as such in most things you see him in. Similar to the way that Yaju Jubei is depicted as a high school girl in in Jube in in Jubei the Lovely Eye Patch, but as a like master samurai in lots of in lots of japanese fiction Oda Nobunaga is known for being for having been like a huge proponent proponent of firearms a huge proponent of European and Western sensibilities and style and culture. And that's part of where the firearms came into this. Uh, oh, where you could be familiar with Oda Nobunaga is a show. I forget what, when this show is from, but a show called Nobunaga gun, which is a show in which, I forget how they get the spirits of these people into these other people, of these people into these other people, but it's a show in which spirits of great people from the past inhabit modern day, inhabit modern day teenagers so some world government goes and picks up these teenagers once they're identified, teaches them how to use those spirits effectively, and they fight aliens all over the world. It. Um. What's um. Cosplay fiend actually mentioned it on a on one of his um TikToks about anime nobody talks about it anymore. Um. But. It's not a great show, but it's wild. It is... It is... The incarnation of Odo Nobunaga teams up with the reincarnation of Sir Isaac Newton to fucking murder some space weirdos in the middle of the ocean. Wild. And... But what but what that show does particularly is it portrays Oda Nobunaga the way he was probably perceived, and that is a madman. Because how do I put this delicately? Japan is a really proud country, so proud in fact that when they said we won't be allowing any foreign any foreign guest outside of the competitors for the for the 2020 for the 2020 Olympic which is probably going to be super canceled still because they're not they're not great in terms of vaccination sure. rates over in Japan currently they they were they were doing it because they said hey this doesn't seem safe. This seems super dumb. And they are right. We are in the middle of a pandemic. That is a good call. But also, they are very happy to have done that. And not even only because of the pandemic. There is like a real tinge of racism in Japan. In the same way that there's a real tinge of racism, well, everywhere, including America. But. In the way that, like, John Oliver describes British people as being capable of being incredibly racist, (laughs) Japanese people can be incredibly, incredibly racist and unaccepting of stuff that's not their own culture. And that's true of America. America has a terrible reputation. American tourists have a terrible reputation around the world because we're loud, we're boisterous, and we do what we want. We don't We don't abide to the countries we're in. I have a story from a friend in high school who's like, yeah, you said you had a good time in France, but when me and my family went, we were like, it was like we were lepers. Everybody was really rude to us. And all I said was like, were you speaking French? Were you watching how loud you spoke? Because that's it, baby. That's what makes people hate Americans is that like we go over, we go out into the world and we're like, adapt to us. We refuse to adapt to you. But the dirty secret to that is is that most countries do the same thing, except America is the biggest sleeping bear in the room, so everybody picks on that. More or less. Um th- for that reason, in Yasuke, it everybody seems like they're tolerating Nobunaga. They're tolerating his like obsession with Eastern European with like European and Western culture. They're tolerating his like penchant to buy beautiful European clothes, and then there's an altercation in a in um at the trading port between a samurai and a African American. A slave. Let's call him a slave. He's wearing a fucking funny collar. He's a slave. And Oda Nobunaga is impressed. Because another popular portrayal thing about Oda Nobunaga is that he doesn't have the like he doesn't have the formality to the rules that many of the other um feudal lords of Japan have in at least in the depictions of him, I'm not super sure how true this is, in terms of like, oh, you were born Japanese and you've spent your whole life rising to this station. I will raise you to the station because that's what tradition dictates. He looks at people and he's like, fucking, fucking give that guy a sword. He kicked that other guy's ass without a sword. That guy's got a sword. Give this man a sword. Also, he's coming with me. I want him. I, I, what, what does he cost? That doesn't sound great. What? What, what does it cost to get this man? <laughs> what do I have to pay you to get myself this man's employment right now? <laughs> I feel like a used car salesman for people. Fuck. <laughs> and. And so he basically buys Yasuke's... He, he basically buys Yasuke's deed. Yasuke says his real name and... Oh no, Minaga's like, ha I'm never going to be able to pronounce that. I, was, I didn't even hear half that name. We're calling you Yasuke, bud. Cool? Cool. And so... That story is mixed in with this... ...with this story of, um... ...this of, of Yasuke... ...taking this young girl to... ...a doctor... ...up the river, basically. And the first encounter you have is with this priest... ...who is convinced this young girl... ...who has, like, magical psychic... ...glowy blue powers... ...will help him conquer... The evil in his own country, evil priest. First, an evil priest and four henchmen. And the four henchmen are this like witch lady, um, this, um, this seemingly giant Russian woman who can turn herself into a bear at will, um, a a big like mecha suit robot, which this is the first introduction of this isn't the first introduction of like mecha battle powered stuff or or magic. Um and the whole thing at this point starts to feel A it starts to feel like it's gonna need more than six episodes to deal with this shit properly and it does need more than six episodes it will probably get more than six episodes but not in a cycle that's satisfying at all and the last but the last person is interesting because they up till this point they they've done the stuff They've done a lot of ugly stuff in Yasuke that is like very insensitive weird shit so to speak. But also very insensitive and weird shit that makes sense from a historical context and from an understanding of like, listen, this is before this is before it was rude to touch people that road, to ask to ask a black person you could touch their hair. Like this was before we figured out that this was pissing black people off. Or we understood them as not magical creatures. And what I mean by that is they have a whole scene where um, Oda Nobunaga tries to have his, like, like, serv- his, like, house attendant wash Yasuke. Like, just out in the yard, just Yasuke just standing there naked with his back to Oda Nobunaga. And servants are like, um... So, this is just his skin. I don't know what to tell you, but. And he's like, Your. Your skin is. Black? What did you do to make your skin black, bud? <laughs> and. Yasuke's just like, I was, um. I was born like this? Whoops. And. Oh you no, know, but now you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and also, just a quick, weird design thing that, thinking about it now, bugs me. Yasuke has vitiligo. It's very clear. If you don't know what vitiligo is, vitiligo is a depigmentation of the skin over a um, period of time. There, are, there is a, a famous, there's a famous model with vitiligo, and she really famous. And basically, the pigment in your skin is slowly dying. So, for a white person, you go like sheet white. But for a black person, what it looks like is you have patches of white skin all over your body, like it, in different places in your body, oftentimes in patterns, oftentimes connected, or in like big sections, one place and another place. And it's other things go along with that, but that's the main thing that people ha- that people notice. It's believed that um, Michael Jackson had been a LIGO. And that's why Michael Jackson was black when he was born and white when he died. <laughs> black for lack of a better term. Fuck. That's the worst. But... The thing with Vitilago is that it's like, it has this almost blotchy, like, it has a very natural occurrence effect. You can, you can search search it on the internet and you'll see, like, oh, this is like, this is like a human, this is like human cells pigmentation dying off in like a natural pattern. For Yasuke, it's like these design element slices across his body at like specific points. And it's just when I thought I wanted to give um Takeshi Koike credit. I really did. By the way, the character designs in this are done by Takeshi Koike. You know, the dude who what made um what's it called? What made the dude what made Red Line. If you don't know about Redline, you can listen to the Redline episode I did. Um, I believe I did an episode on Redline in this podcast in the feed below. But Yasuke, so Yasuke has Vidalago. He's in in the beginning. He's drawn as this like old, disheveled black guy who's just over it and just wants to drink his life away. But once you once you encounter once he encounters this girl and his mother, and this girl has like super, has psychic powers, and he kind of push comes to shove, the girl saves his life, and the girl saves his life ultimately, and he, um, after he fights with these with these former with the former mercenaries I mentioned earlier. One of which is, um, I believe, uh, no, it's not Abraham. Um, I forget what the um, character name is. We're introduced to a second black character. And that black character is this, it is, He's a v he's a really stereotypical black character and it, it 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 he's so stereotypical that it will kind of stun you and it will stun you even more because it's 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 it's, it's, it's stereotypical in a way that you expect out of a portrayal of a black side character but in a show where they're doing such a good job of not doing that with the main character so it's like and even his even his like even his ability is like this like aboriginal shaman ability and it just it feels it feels weird and bad in a way. And then you see Yasuke eventually uh, kind of interact with that character. And there's, and there's this moment of understanding and there's this moment of understanding of the three other um of the three other bounty hunters who are after them and one of them goes I thought you weren't the only black guy here <laughs> and the um shaman guy is just like nope, nope not, fuck, goddammit nope, not the only black guy here, that makes it weird thanks and in that moment you're like, oh he's aware of what he is and he's fine with it. And yes, the character designer needs some needs to fucking need to bring it down on the lips a little bit. But he, this character is this way for a reason. He is he is the black he is the black person who was never taken away, who was never forcibly taken away from his country. He left and became a mercenary. And there's this great moment when at the end of the like the first arc of I think the first three episodes where like after the creepy priest guy dies Yasuke is like, Hey, thanks for not killing me, dude And he's like and the and the shaman guy's like, Yeah, you're welcome but also next time next time on site and Yasuke is just like, Yeah, I know site to you too, <laughs> Just go their separate ways. And what they end up doing, they end up bringing that shaman character back for like the like finale two episodes or like episode and a half, and they make him a pivotal part of like the entire main cast surviving. But the whole. The biggest problem with Yas with Yasuke as a show is that it has all these like it has all these mystical elements, and it has some like cyberpunk elements sprinkled on for good measure, and it it never explains them. It never expands upon them. They're never useful to our heroes, for the most part and it it creates this confusing mess that makes Yasuke that makes what could have been a like great story about a great story and tribute to the to the like famous black samurai of of actual historical fact and myth and legend at this point, it turns it, it makes it feel like this, like, hodgepodge of a show, and it makes it feel, so have you ever watched a, and I have no doubt many people listening to this may not even know what this studio is, but there's a studio called Studio, um, Studio Gonzo, I believe it is. Studio Gonzo's things, Studio Gonzo's sh- shows, especially the original shows, were, like, cursed. Because they would have just enough good ideas to get them to episode three. They could get to episode three like a motherfucker. But then, once you hit episode four, it's just all hope is lost. This show is just... Spiraling down the drain fast. And it. It felt like they could have made three episodes out of this. And been like, oh shit. I think we can cut this into six. And it's just. There's just so much in this show that doesn't need to be there. There's so much they're having a conversation. There's so much that they're doing. It's not necessary. And yes, Lashawn Thomas is the is the director, and I believe Lashawn Thomas was involved in um, um Lashawn Thomas's last show for Netflix was um, also an anime. And um, let me look it up because um, I think it was Cannon Buster. Is what I'm saying. Um, but, um, the, but the, so he has made, he made, he, did he make Cannon Busters? I think he made Cannon Busters. Yes. LaShawn Thomas, the last show he did for Netflix was Cannon Busters. And it's probably a big part of the reason why he... Ended up doing Yasuke. But the thing about Cannon Is it. Cannon So kind of perfectly. Captured. What it felt like. To just be a black person roaming the world. In a really impressive way. And not only be a black person. Roaming the world. But like a deeply abnormal person. Roaming the world. And like. How that changes you and how that makes it super fucking weird. And as a person of color and a deeply weird person, because I am physically disabled, I'm a super capable, hyper, I'm a hyper-confident disabled person just out in the world who... Not only can do the, can do the things you do, but oftentimes can do them better than you do. And the, that was such a fun, kind of low stakes, but classic journey of a show that this show feels like it's taking something that is so it that has such historical depth and is making a show that does that that doesn't require that depth that that it's making a show that if the main character was a white samurai and if the cast was all entirely white and he was just like Eastern European or something, and he was just from like Czechoslovakia. It wouldn't, it wouldn't change the show that much. And I think it's really interesting that they didn't. And so two things. I think it's really interesting that they didn't. That they didn't focus on him getting here. But what I but I wish they had shown more of it thinking about it now because it would it would give you more of what you want out of a show like this. Like if you're gonna sit down for a period piece about the first black samurai in Japanese history, then you want to first and I think only black samurai in Japanese history then you want to see those parts. You want to see, you know, you want to see the nitty gritty of it because it seems like it could be important. And maybe the best way to do that was by devoting the first season to what they basically covered in about three episodes, which is bouncing back and forth to and from the present and the past. The past being how Yasuke got his start and the present being like drunk Yasuke being like I owe this girl I owe this small child my life I need to protect her with mine so I need to protect her with it. And you would have a whole lot more opportunity to flesh out Yasuke as a character in the past and Yasuke and the um, young psychic girl relationship in the present. Because what they kind of do what they kind of do is like make ultimately make yasuke this girl dad. This girl super overprotective dad. And that's fine. But it then you then by I think like episode episode by episode four. After after episode three, after they're done with Creepy Priest man. Um, they start to get into this rebellion and it feels like you're being just immediately tossed headfirst into this whole other thing that could use some breathing room, that could have used some training montages, could have used some like some internal politics, some like fighting of other characters, some, some like more mini bosses even. And because it's so truncated, you don't feel any kind of way about any of it. It's just it's working off the pre assumption of like good, evil, blah 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 blah. They could have had a small arc if you had a whole you had a whole six episodes per these two arcs. You could have had a whole arc about the reason the dime about the reason the Daniel, who is clearly a woman. Which is odd, to say the least, became the Daimyo and became obsessed with living for goddamn centuries. You could have you could have that explanation and not just have her be this weird boogeyman who is let's face it, not Takeshi Koike's best character design. <laughs> like a reject Raggio, it's Thor. Um but they don't have but the bottom line is that they don't have time for it. they don't have time for any of that shit, and because it's a Netflix show, you're pretty fucking sure that it's gonna get a second season, and it feels like you could have planned this better, you could have given these characters more room to breathe, you could have made them less two dimensional. And gotten into like what's the relation what what is the p- potential relationship between Yasuke, a black guy who has spent decades in Japan like just decades in Japan and everything from a indentured servant slash slave to a samurai, to a drunk water taxi driver. (laughs) And this other black, and the other black character, the shaman character, who is in the country for business, and just hanging out as a black dude in this country. Like, what, what could that relationship look like? There's a brief moment where you get that, like, oh, hey, Black Dad's to the rescue kind of thing. And then they immediately write it, write that possibility out, just like super quick. And like, there's a moment where the, um, where one of the side, one of the side characters, the doctor, so to speak, the like guy who's supposed to be, who, it's supposed to be teaching this little girl how to use her psychic powers. He also has the same kind of psychic powers. Nonsense. Whatever. Um, hey. Good fighter and someone who can help defend the fort. We're going to need you, bud. Yasuke's got a commitment to that little girl, and keeping that little girl alive is fairly important. I'm going to need you. And he's just like. And the, the shaman guy's like, yeah, I don't do dungeons and chains and whips for obvious reasons. <laughs> they, the, st- <laughs> so basically the understanding is, oh, you thought they were going to take us alive? And he goes with them. Whereas they could have had this, like, Creo conversation of these two deeply competent, deeply confident black men from two different portrayals of blackness just protecting this poor little girl and they just didn't do it. And it's like that was that was a moment like oh, like this is this is still okay, but oh boo And I just think the thing just needed more breathing room. It's just, I talked about this with um, Pacific Rim, The Black, too. Uh, It's starting to be a problem, especially with Netflix anime, and especially with the cost of anime, I'm sure, being bigger than it used to be because of COVID and because of the restrictions of being able to work in an office and being able to like, you know, just run a, just, you know, turn your chair around and be like, Hey, um, can you take a look at this cut please? Kind of thing. Uh, Some of the Netflix anime needs more time needs, needs more time and needs to be stretched out Longer. I I didn't continue watching High Rise High Rise Assault because I didn't it just didn't sit as well with me as I wanted it to. Uh, but something people said about the first episode of that is, if you read the adaptation, the the manga that's adapted from, is they crammed like a couple volumes into the first episode. So it makes so like the logic starts to break down in that show real quick apparently because they're cramming so much into like each episode and I'm not saying you have to be go full on shonen anime take 150 episodes to really explain your fucking point not what I'm saying at all but I am saying that these like quarter season bangers Maybe don't have enough room to let the concept run. Sometimes they maybe like maybe if you're able to give enough space to to, to like telling Yahke's full story and showing him interacting with the characters with like the other samurai that he fought alongside in the past you would understand why his, like, ultimate... You would greater appreciate the fact that, like, one of the people he fights before they get... Before he takes the psychic girl to the daimyo is a former samurai he served alongside when he was serving Oda Nobunaga. Maybe you would have, like... It would be like a, oh, fuck, the Nazis are back moment when he takes off his, his like face shield instead of, Oh, this sucker, this racist piece of shit. Okay. Whereas you could have shown, you know, scene after scene of like, eh, Yasuke being promoted along being promoted to serve alongside Odenabunaga instead of the other guy. And like, you could have seen, You could have seen what turned this guy super racist into a super racist evil voodoo puppet, so to speak. And the problem is, without without more episodes, you can't you can't use a hundred you can't use a hundred percent of the time that you don't have, so to speak. And it's just it needs more time it was it it it's a very interesting ride for six episodes it's really beautiful they've got a great opening a they've got a pretty good opening, a pretty good ending sequence, but it just doesn't in the same way that like it has this rote feeling to it. I I don't see I don't see with, with a few exceptions where they had to note that he was black I don't see how you couldn't have done this with an Eastern European character or some other character. It doesn't There's nothing that says, there's nothing that states that it matters that he's Black that's not said by another character to him or ostensibly to the audience because it's, because the show needs to remind you, oh, he's Black. Oh, he was a slave. Oh, he's from another country. All this stuff is constantly pounded at you when they could have... Like Reworked the elements of the shows they already have, expanded upon other elements, and really shown you that, and not had to tell you that every couple minutes for the whole show, and we would have gotten a better show, and we would would have gotten a show that really made you understand from a lot of different perspectives big a deal it was that this super wealthy super powerful you know um, regional lord just like plucked a black guy off a boat and was like you are my right hand man now like we. so the second season of Megalobox is on right now it's uh, it's it, it's on on Funimation, which, as far as I know, only works on your mobile device currently, which sucks so much. Um, but it's on Funimation right now, and Megalobox, If you realize it or not, I've done I've done a podcast on the first season, which you can go listen to in the feed of this podcast. Um. It's a retelling of of um, the, of tomorrow Joe of Ashida no Joe and it's a modernization of it. What it does so well is that it makes sure that it, you are not required to have any previous knowledge of what is happening. Yasuke does that But it does that by, like, just the skin of its teeth. And it's not. If you missed a couple scenes of this. You would be forgiven for not understanding how important. The fact that the main character is a black guy. In this show. Because they, they don't, there's no extended sequence where it makes you understand how big of a deal it is, for the most part, for the entire show. And it when you hold it up to something like Cannon Busters, which is... about which which has this air of like they're trying to is um the the character is trying to get this black robot girl back to this kingdom that for all intents and purposes is this like black futurist kingdom of might and majesty that fell that fell from grace and that show has so many is having such conversation, especially with um Billy the Kid, I think his name is, about blackness and about being different and about being and about being an outsider and about what that allows you to do and what that allows you to get away with and what the consequences of that identity with you oftentimes did not ask for are when you hold that show that is having such an intelligent conversation like that up to a show that by all circumstances should be doing that same thing. And it's just not. It feels like a total missed opportunity. And it's, is Yasuke a good show? Is it worth your time? Yes, it's worth your time. It's kind of a hodgepodge. It's an okay. It's an okay show. It will probably get a second season somehow because it's Netflix. Even though I, they didn't leave much of an opening for it, but it. It seems like a missed opportunity. It seems, it seems like it's a show that, and the other thing is that in, in Cannon Buster, it's so clearly inspired by, like, Um, it's so clearly inspired by, like, Trigon. It's so clearly inspired by Cowboy Bebop. It's so clearly inspired by all these different, Existing things, and Yasuke is in the vein of like something like a Samurai Seven or a Samurai Champlu, uh, but it it it's certainly not as as bad as Samurai Seven, but it veers more towards Samurai Seven end of quality than the Samurai Champlu end of quality. There's just, like, there's weird dubbing things, there's moments with, like, when they when they finally get to the doctor and the doctor's running a school trying to train psychics for a rebellion, they could have had time, if they had more episodes, they could have had time for them to spend there instead of just, boom, we gotta get to the next thing, we gotta get to that next thing, we're running out of time. And it's just... I wish this show felt better to watch. Is is really is really what I'm trying to get at. I, I wish this show had been given more breathing space because it would feel better to watch and you could and they could weave that story, the stories that they're telling more elegantly over a longer period of time, give more depth to all the characters who aren't this young psychic girl and her black stepdad in in the form of Yasuke, and it's just that. I guess that's, that's my overall. But on that note, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it in whatever you're using to listen to it right now. New episodes come out every third day and Sunday. Third day, it's shows like this where I talk about like a show or a movie and give my thoughts. Sundays are more metatextual, meaning like I talk about the industry, I talk about the I, I talk about animation, I talk about, you know, studios, I talk about concepts and genres and all that stuff. But until Sunday I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on Sunday.